Tonight I'll be preaching from the book of 1 John, 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, and I'll be reading verse number 5 and 6. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 5, and we stand as we honor God by the reading of his word. The Bible says, who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your love, your grace, your mercy towards us. May Lord, wait not for your grace and mercy, we would be consumed. We thank you so much for demonstrating your love towards us in such a sacrificial manner when you sent your son to this earth to die on Calvary's cross. Dear Lord, we could never repay you for what you've done, but I pray that we would serve you with every fiber of our being. pray that we would endeavor to love you more and more each day. We thank you for the privilege we've had to gather here tonight to bring our prayer request to you and to sing praises to your name. And as we look into the pages of your word, that you would use your word to guide us into all truth and that we would apply your word to our hearts and lives that we can experience the blessings of being in your will. I ask the Lord that you would give me the words you left me to say, cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. And I pray that the words that I say tonight will be your words and that they would find a lodging place in each and every heart. Pray that if there's someone under the sound of my voice who does not know you as personal Lord and Savior, that tonight will be the night of their salvation and that every believer would be strengthened and challenged to go on with you. Take full control, have your divine way and may we be careful to give you all the honor and glory to you and you alone because you alone are worthy of it. I ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Thank you so much for standing you may be seated. The term a cold case is one that is used in the realm of criminal justice. It refers to a crime or a suspected crime that has not yet been fully resolved or is the subject or is not the subject rather of a criminal a current criminal investigation but for which new information could emerge for, from new witness testimony, re-examine archives, new or retained material evidence, or a fresh look at the suspects. This is according to Wikipedia. Cases go cold ultimately because of insufficient evidence. New evidence or the reassessment of existing evidence is the reason for a case changing from being current or cold. New evidence also would result in changing the outcome of a case. Evidence, my friend, as we have seen over the last several weeks, is a powerful a necessary tool in order to arrive at proper conclusions. 
We often think of evidence in a court of law because it is the place where evidence is often front and center. Without it, cases are dismissed. Cases are thrown out. But evidence allows an onlooker, a jury, anyone with any interest in a case to form a proper conclusion. And it is with this in mind that we have examined the book of 1 John and chapter 5 in particular because we have seen for several weeks now that it is essential that as born-again believers in Christ that there is adequate evidence for the claim of being born again. This evidence, my friend, is not just for others, even though it is so. We are to have evidence that others can see Christ in us. It's with this that Jesus uh, said in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5 and verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and do what? Glorify your Father which is in heaven. This verse is clearly stating that God wanted it to be so clear that his people can be seen to be his. Why? Because other people see evidence of salvation and glorify the Father. But the evidence of being a born-again believer ought not just to be for others, it ought to be for us as well. Why? So that we can know beyond any shadow of a doubt that we are indeed children of God. You see, my friend, God does not want us to be unsure about such an important decision, one that has eternal consequences. God wants us to know beyond any shadow of a doubt because of irrefutable evidence that we know, that we know, that we know we are saved. And evidence is a great resource to give that sort of confirmation. In 1 John chapter 5, the apostle John, of course, one of the disciples of Jesus, gives us what I call proofs of salvation. Evidences, if you will. And we've been looking at the first one thus far in verses 1 to 6. And this first evidence, and you can jot this down, we'll see a number of them in the subsequent verses in the weeks to come. The first evidence, as I see here in this chapter, is conversion through the Savior. Conversion through the Savior. And as we've examined this, it's, 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 it's indisputable that from these verses, that God wanted the evidence that would show that we are born again, to be seen in the fact that we demonstrate a changed life. My friend, salvation is about a change. It is about a conversion that is effected by a supernatural miracle. A miracle that takes place when a person places their faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. We don't change ourselves. But when we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, God brings about a supernatural miracle and conversion takes place on the inside and manifests itself on the outside. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Don't take your salvation for granted because salvation is a miracle of God. So the first evidence that we have observed is conversion. When you hear that word conversion, think about a change, a transformation because of faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Tonight, we're going to take a look at the second proof. And the second proof, we see it here in the second part of verse number six. And this proof is confirmation by the Spirit. Confirmation by the Spirit. Now, we read verse 5 into verse 6 just for continuity so you can understand the context of verse number 6. But in verse number 5, there's a question that is asked, and it says, Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? We looked at verse number 6, the first part, last week. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And so the first verse says in this chapter from verse 1 to verse number 6 in the middle of that verse, it's ultimately centered around Jesus. The fact that he is not another man, he is the God-man. He's the only one to whom, through whom you can find salvation. There is no other way. And so John sets this up and he ensures that we understand, listen, without doubt, there is no other person who you can be saved by except Jesus Christ. And one must understand that he is God. But then he gets to second part of verse number six and notice. He says, and it is the, what? Spirit that beareth witness. Because the spirit is truth. Now we understand salvation is through Jesus Christ and him alone. But by way of evidence, John introduces the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, to help us to understand that one of the the confirmations or one of the proofs of our salvation is that the Holy Spirit is going to confirm some things to you by way of your salvation. Now I want us to notice two things here very briefly tonight in this verse by way of confirmation. And this is critical. Notice when it comes to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit defines truth. Look at what this verse is. I want you to look at the latter part and then we'll look at the first part. Now it says, and it is the spirit that beareth witness because, look at this, the spirit is truth. Now the most important requirement of a witness is whether the witness is telling the truth. When a witness goes on the stand, the It's not your responsibility to determine how much money the witness has, what car they drive, where they live, their social status, their race, their nationality. The singular importance to determine regarding that witness is whether they are proclaiming the truth. And as such, think with me in a court of law, the counsel, 
the lawyer, for either side, does everything in their power to try to do what? To discredit the opposing witness. Why? Because the goal is to cast doubt that the witness is not credible. The witness is not believable. And whenever an inconsistency is detected, it is exposed. It is emphasized to the jury. Why? Because the importance of a witness is to be believed. But here's something very instructive about the Holy Spirit as a witness. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, is truth. He's the very essence of truth. He defines truth. Get this. The Holy Spirit is the one who determines what truth is. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8 to 10 says. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now ye are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving, look at this, what is acceptable unto the Lord. So think with me. The Holy Spirit is truth. This is very important to understand. And my friend, we are living in a day and age where, if you pay attention, it has become very popular to promote that everybody can have their own truth. You've heard that terminology? This is my truth. That's your truth. Everybody now wants to be an inventor of truth. It doesn't work that way. It is a trick of the devil to blind people to what truth really is. You see, if you can move the definition, the standard of what truth is in people's minds, you would have scored a major victory if you are the devil. Because then people would never know what truth is. Because Satan knows he cannot change truth. But he can change your perception of what truth is. Think with me of this. We all live by defined and established standards. We have definitions of measurement, length, weight, time, temperature. These are all established standards by which we understand what they are. We live by them. We accept them. You think of money. Money is a standard. It has been established. Currency. It's established what a $5 bill looks like. It's established what a $20 bill is. We can't change it just because we feel like. Imagine going to the store with a $10 bill and you tell them, listen, my truth is that this $10 is $100. Listen, they pick you up and take you to the asylum. You've lost your mind. And it doesn't matter how much you insist, it is not the case. 
If we all came up with our own standard, we would live in chaos. But my friend, when it comes to truth, we cannot make up our own standard. The Holy Spirit is a witness and this Holy Spirit, get this, is truth. He defines what truth is and what truth is not. And so you can have confidence in the Holy Spirit as a witness. Because he is the epitome of truth itself. So, understand that this Holy Spirit is a witness. And he provides confirmation. Confirmation of what? Of truth. He defines truth. Because as we've seen in this verse, it says the Spirit is truth. But understand, secondly tonight, and this is all we'll have time for, the Holy Spirit, in providing confirmation, not only defines truth, but the Holy Spirit delivers truth. Now look at what it says in that verse. In the first part, now we look, take a look at that. It says, and it is the Spirit that beareth witness. So because the Spirit is truth, because he defines truth, you can know beyond any shadow of a doubt that truth is what will be delivered. I know we live in a society where people like to eat. Maybe that's worldwide. People seem to like to eat. I mean, sometimes I'm amazed that even in times where you think lives are hard and things are tough, I mean, restaurants are still popping up all over the place. I'm like, what? Maybe, maybe people stop cooking. Maybe that's the result. But, but restaurants, if you pay attention, you would notice that when you go to a restaurant, there are multiple items on the menu. Different things that are being offered for your palate to enjoy. But you ever notice that restaurants are known for a particular item? If you want a particular food item, you might say, go to that restaurant. They got the best steak. They got the best wings. They got the best pastor. They're known for a particular thing. And that item on their menu is considered their signature item. It's hard for a restaurant to be good at everything if you pay close attention to it. They have something that they've mastered, something that they are known for. And that signature item is the, is the item that is most promoted. It's the one that they can never afford to be without. It's the, it's the one that they cannot let fall below expectations. My friend, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, understand that the Holy Spirit's specialty, it is truth. And it will always be delivered. He is truth. That's his trademark. He knows truth. He speaks truth. He delivers truth. Well, here's an interesting question. I don't know if you've thought about it. But who does he deliver truth to? He delivers truth to us. He delivers truth to humanity. And my friend, when a person receives Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, understand that upon conversion we then receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
He comes and he indwells the believer. Jesus spoke of this in John's Gospel. I'd like you to turn there, chapter 14. John's Gospel, chapter 14. And he said to them, I'm going to, his disciples, I'm going to send you another comforter. And look at how Jesus describes the Holy Spirit. This comforter who would come alongside. In John chapter 14 and verse 16 and 17, he says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Look at this. Even the spirit of what? Truth. Whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. So this witness by way of the Holy Spirit comes to live inside a child of God. To be the bearer of truth. And this Holy Spirit as a witness, get this, testifies to us that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, you notice back in 1 John chapter 5, in the previous verse, John was saying clearly, who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So a person believes that Jesus is the Son of God. The Holy Spirit comes and indwells the believer. And the Holy Spirit comes as a witness and says, absolutely, yes, Jesus is the Son of God. So he confirms who Jesus is. Look back at John's Gospel, chapter 15. Notice what Jesus says. In speaking of the role of this Holy Spirit. It's very important we understand the Holy Spirit's role. Many people confuse this and sensationalize the Holy Spirit. But look at John chapter 15 and verse 26. It says, but when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of, again, truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall do what? testify of me. What a great witness. And he also shall be a witness because he have been with me from the beginning. So the Holy Spirit confirms that Jesus is God. And here's what the Holy Spirit also does. He testifies to you whether you are saved or not. He testifies to us. He's a witness on the stand. And he speaks and he says, you are a child of God. You are mine. I've changed you. And now I'm guiding you into all truth. He convicts of sin. He tells us of righteousness. In other words, he tells us what is right and he tells us what is wrong. Tells us what we should do. Tells us what we should not do. You know, when you have doubts about a matter, whether it's right or wrong, you know what you ought to do? Check in with the Holy Spirit. Ask him. Say, confirm with me on this thing. I'm not sure. He's a great witness. He speaks truth. 
Look at John chapter 16 and verse number 13. He says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And here's the thing about this witness. Because you can be assured that he defines truth and that he delivers truth, when he speaks, we are to listen to him. Amen? If you're not sure about something, ask this witness. He's not going to lie. But how often do we dismiss what he has to say? You ever doubt whether you're saved? Doubts can enter your mind. But if doubts enter your mind, say, Holy Spirit, confirm to me whether I'm saved. That is an evidence of salvation. If the Holy Spirit never has anything to say to you about any matter, right or wrong or indifferent, that's not a good sign. The Holy Spirit confirms truth. The Holy Spirit confirms that Jesus is the Son of God. The Holy Spirit confirms to us what is right and what is wrong. You're concerned about whether you should enter a relationship? Of any kind? Business? Romantic? Casual friendship? Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth. Concerned about what church you are to attend? Ask the Holy Spirit where you should go what you should do. Concerned about what you should wear, ask the Holy Spirit. Help me feel a peace about this. He will guide you, the Bible says, into what? All truth. So there is no excuse for a believer living in complete ignorance about what truth is. it would only then mean maybe we just have not checked it. Or maybe we've ignored the prompting of the Holy Spirit. By the way, the Holy Spirit is a person. And so just like you and me, if you keep talking to somebody over and over and over and over and over, they ain't paying you any mind. And as my wife likes to say, they put you on ignore. What are you going to do after a while? Stop talking. If the Holy Spirit is ignored time and time again, he goes on silent. He goes on pause. That's why in First Thessalonians chapter 5, it says what? Quench not the Spirit. He wants to speak. He wants to be heard. He wants us to respond to what he says. And the more we respond, the more he continues to speak. But I am so glad that truth is not arbitrary. Truth is a standard 
that is set by Almighty God. And if we're going to live our lives pleasing to God, we don't move the standard. We align ourselves with the standard. Truth is not going to change. Truth is defined and truth is delivered by the Holy Spirit. If you want wisdom, you want knowledge that's based on the truth, you check in with the witness. Thank God that we have a great witness. Amen? We have a witness who testifies who is God and guides us into all truth. And if you're here tonight and you are born again, on the authority of God's word, God has given you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he's not there to make you act crazy. He's there to confirm to you what truth is. And by having that confirmation, by having that conviction, by having that nudge, you can be encouraged. Thank God I'm saved. Even though sometimes he steps on our toes and we have to say, ouch. Just say, God, I'm glad you're still speaking to me. I'm glad you're living inside me. I would not have it any other way. And let it be that I'm willing to respond in obedience with a submissive will as you continue to confirm the truth of the word of God.